This morning, um, we have the opportunity to see what God is doing in individual lives uh, within our church family. It's so cool to see. And today, they are going to, of course, through water baptism, be publicly declaring uh, their faith, their relationship with Jesus. Water baptism is something that all Christian churches do. Um, they do it in one way or another, right? In fact, uh, the, the how and the when and even the what, at what age, is debated between, right, different denominations. But the reason that all Christians do it is because of something that Jesus said at the very end of his physical life here. Uh, he gathers his closest followers and he tells them this in Matthew 28. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. In other words, whether, wherever churches are planted, wherever people embrace Jesus, part of that personal transition is uh, to have a person baptized in water because Jesus tells us this. So the question is, what is baptism, right? What is baptism? And, and I'm actually going to start with what is baptism is not. I'm going to give you two things that baptism is not, and then we'll go back to what baptism is, okay? Two things from the Bible that we see baptism is not. First of all, bapt water baptism does not forgive sins, Okay, sometimes we get this messed up. We think that we have original sin in our life and we have to have like this fancy water to wash away our sins. Okay, that, that is not what the Bible actually talks about. It is not salvation. You are not saved by being baptized in water. Water baptism does not wash away sins. There is nothing in the Bible that points to this actually. You are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. That is how you are saved. That is how your sins are washed away, through Jesus' sacrifice for us. And to all those who put their trust in Jesus, accept him as Savior, you will be saved, is the words of the Bible. Water baptism is, number one, not being saved. It's not having your sins washed away. That's what we see in the Bible. Number two, we see this. Water baptism is not about joining a church or a denomination, we are not baptizing people into our church today, okay? When baptism started, way back with John, there was no denominations. It was just the church. And you weren't baptized into the church. You were baptized into Jesus' family. And so that is why we practice what we call a believer's baptism, which means first a person believes for themselves, makes that commitment to Jesus, and then they make the choice to be baptized so, if water baptism is not salvation and it's not joining a church, the question becomes, what is it, right? Well, two things. First of all this, water baptism is an outward expression of what has already happened on the inside. Baptism is this symbolic event. We take a person down under the water, symbolically dying to their old self, who they used to be, and then when we bring them back up, it's this symbol of a new life, becoming a new person. They are forgiven, sins forgiven, right? But baptism doesn't do those things, okay? We just talked about that. It's a symbolic event of what has already happened on the inside. It's an outward expression. It doesn't forgive your sins. It's not coming into this church. It's already happened. Baptism is a symbolic event, Okay, number two, water baptism is a public declaration of a person's faith 
in Jesus Christ. Water baptism is about standing up in front of your friends and your family, your church family, and declaring to the world that I have decided to follow Jesus. This is such a powerful thing, to stand up in front of others and say, I have decided. Taking a stand to go public up in front of everyone, declaring I have given my life to Jesus. And this is how I like to look at it. It's kind of like a wedding ceremony, right? Two people have already decided that they love each other and that they want to spend their life together, but we have this wedding ceremony where they get up in front of all their family and friends and they declare, I love this person, I am going to be committed to this person for the rest of my life. Water baptism is just that. You've already committed your life to Jesus. He loves you, you love him, right? Like that's the idea, but you're getting up and you're publicly expressing that and and celebrating with friends and family this decision that you've already made. So in a minute, we're going to see together uh, this amazing Uh, ceremony, this awesome thing that's going to happen. And here's what's going to happen. We have four people today, two in the first service, two in our next service that um, that are going to get baptized today. And each of them has a story of how God has showed up, made himself known, and how they have accepted him. So we're going to hear their stories one by one. We're going to bring them up. They're going to get in the tank. We're going to hear their stories. We're going to take them under the water. We're going to bring them back up. And this is where we need your help. Okay, when they come out of the water, remember how I said this is a celebration, right? This is a celebration today. When they come up out of the water, you need to clap, you need to cheer, you need to, if you can do that cool whistle thing, I can't do that, I'm like, right? Oh, sorry, COVID everywhere, yuck. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Um, I can't whistle. Cheer like crazy. Like, get whatever you can get your Norwegian-German self to do at this point. This is exciting, okay? So we're going to cheer. You ready for this? I'm going to pray. And as I pray, our first um, water baptism member is going to come up. And uh, we're going to get into this thing. So join me. Father God, uh, we are excited for today. We are excited to hear the stories of people's lives being changed. We're excited to celebrate with the people that are making this decision public today to follow you. So God, we ask that you move in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is uh, Miss Brooke Goyle right here. Hey, Brooke. How you doing? Yeah. That's good to hear. So, hey, listen, I asked Brooke to uh, share with me a little bit about her story, and so I'm going to share with you because it probably wouldn't be great to hand her a microphone right now. Um, so Brooke and her family started coming about, what you said, about three years ago on Easter, right? Yeah, on Easter. Um, she comes to Sunday morning and youth, and you said both of those times have really challenged you and changed you. Um, your family has had a little bit of hard times here and there, a um, little bit of struggle, even as even more recently. But God, God is moving. God is speaking. God is getting you through those times when you rely on Him, when you have faith in Him. You told me about another thing: uh, how other people's examples have been a big deal to you, uh, of how they follow Jesus. It's kind of spurred you on, right? You you said it's. Um, oh, you talked especially about your friend Addie and how she follows Jesus. And you said, it's not that I want to be her, it's that, it's that you saw how following Jesus changed her and you wanted to get that change in your life too. That's really cool. 
one of the things you said has changed about you since following Jesus is how you're able to forgive. Um, just kind of your heart has softened a little bit. You, you told this funny story. You said recently you had a friend um, that you were struggling with. You guys weren't getting along and you went to your mom and your mom said, well, Jesus forgave you, right? And you're like, oh yeah. So you went to school the next day and she just kind of looked at you and said, hey, sorry, can we be good? And you like crawled over, you said in your story, you crawled over on the floor. I don't know what you were doing on the floor, but you were, you crawled over and you kind of laughed to yourself. You're like, ha yeah, we're good. And you hugged and you moved on. That's amazing how God can change our hearts. So Brooke, obviously you have given your life to Jesus. Isn't that right? That's amazing. Because you have confessed faith in Jesus Christ, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on. <laughs> I'm an alcoholic. I've struggled with this disease my whole life until I was blessed and found Jesus. I joined the National Guard when I was 17. I wanted to serve my country. This was back in 1979, but due to family, kids, I left the uh, National Guard when I was, I don't know how old that was, but it was in the mid-90s sometime. Then came 9-11. Patriotism, camaraderie all over again. I decided to rejoin the National Guard. I couldn't wait to do something again for my country that was in a crisis. And then in 2004, I was deployed. I was deployed to Iraq. I couldn't wait to get over there. Then when I returned a year later, I was physically okay. I pretty much came through the war unscathed. But that's not true. I was mentally a wreck. I uh, suffered from PTSD, depression, anxiety, uh, throwing a nightmare or two. What the heck? But uh, it wasn't a pleasant time for me. I would find myself breaking into tears for uh, no explanatory reason. And this is where I really decided to start drinking. I. Uh, Started drinking at work, that would be drinking on my breaks. I would be drinking before I went to work, drinking after work. And it got to the point where I had to drink. Hiding the bottle between the bed and the bed frame so at night when I woke up, I could just reach and have a drink, waiting as I waited for my wife to go to sleep. At that point, I decided I'd, I had enough. I was gonna do something about this problem that I had. Easy solution I came up with was committing suicide. After spending a week in the mental ward at Regents Hospital, <clears throat> I was released. I found myself nowhere to go, no job, because I couldn't keep one at that point. I was a physical wreck and uh, homeless. That's where God started touching me. He brought me to the Eagle's Healing Nest up here in Sauk Center. 
something I am extremely grateful for. I managed to stay sober at the Eagle's Nest for approximately six months. But, like I said, self took over and I decided to move out on my own. I was receiving disability and I could afford it. So, I found a place, moved out on my own, and of course, you can guess what happened. I started drinking again. It started right where I left off, 24 hours a day. Sat in my chair and drank. I would uh, leave my chair, of course, to go to the liquor store. Of course, I never went to the same liquor store. I was always spread out through the week, which one I went to. Didn't want to eat anymore. Didn't want to do anything except drink. Was lucky if I could sleep for four hours before I had to get up and take another drink. The good part comes on March 10th. Hopefully that's the last time I'll ever take a drink. And then on March 12th, call 911, having a hard time breathing, and it was bad. And uh, ambulance came, rushed me to the hospital within 20 minutes. Here comes a helicopter taking Jeff to St. Cloud Hospital where I spent time in intensive care for approximately two to three days. At this point, I'd like to say, Pastor Kyle, you were right. See, somebody listens to you every once in a while. Crisis brings change. And I was a man in deep crisis. In the hospital, I realized that. I needed to change. I needed to change my life. On March 20th, the day before my son's birthday, I was released from the hospital. That was on a Saturday. That Tuesday, I went to my first AA meeting. Not my first AA meeting, but the first AA meeting that I took seriously. And then that Sunday, guess what? I came to River of Life Church, open-hearted, not knowing what to expect. I came in and I saw all these people and I was on the verge of a panic attack. And then I said a prayer, a prayer I've learned to use many times. <clears throat> God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And now comes the best part. <clears throat> At the end of the service, or towards the end of the service, Pastor Kyle asked if uh, anybody wanted to follow Jesus. I did. He asked, if you do, raise your hand. Simple gesture. I did, and uh, then it happened complete peace of mind, serenity, whatever you want to call it, it was there. My worries just seemed to disappear. Truly an amazing feeling. So today, I'm getting baptized. It's the end of the old life that I used to have. And the beginning of a new one which I know is gonna be a wonderful life that I can live for Jesus.
how'd I do? Yeah, you, at the end of this video editing or the video recording time, I said, is there anything else that you wanna add? And this is, this is so great. He's like, of course, of course, there's so much I want to add to what God has done in my life. Like I could share forever. It was just so neat. Um, Jeff, I'm proud of you. I remember when you walked in here the very first day, that Sunday, you still had a cane because you were struggling and seeing God move forward. You're in my life group now, like seeing you move forward and the excitement. I've seen so many people come through um, that have gone through addiction and different things like that. And I told you this before, but um, sometimes you can see it in a person's eyes if they're really done with it or or if they're kind of still struggling. And I can tell that you've just gone all in for Jesus and you've left that old life behind. I'm so proud of you, man. You've given your life to Jesus, obviously. It's a couple months ago, right? This is awesome because you've confessed faith in Jesus. We baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How you doing, Alyssa? You ready for this? Awesome. So Alyssa wrote up a little story for me, and she said, my whole life, uh, I was raised to be a religious person, right? I was baptized as a baby. You went through First Communion and Confirmation and all that, but you said that even through all of that, you were still mostly a holiday church family, right? That's when you attended. Um, and doing anything with church was kind of a more of a have to, in quotes, um, for sure. And, and it kind of started to change for you when you were pregnant with your first child, or with, with Rain, right? Is that who it was? Um, she's, a, she's an outstanding young woman, by the way. There she is. You're awesome, Rain. Um, but when you, were, when you were pregnant with her, you felt like you just wanted to learn more about following Jesus so that you could raise your family to do that, right? To be an example for them. And so much so, like you just poured into your family so much. Rain got baptized this last time we did it. And you said, as you were sitting out there watching your 12-year-old daughter get baptized, you're like, hmm, maybe I should do this for myself. You got so focused on your family that sometimes you forgot about yourself. And so you raised your kids to do this. And we talked and you just said that you've noticed that when Jesus has not been a part of your life, the... Uh, or the focal point of your life is what you said. So many negative things and so many negative thoughts just took over and life became overwhelming. But when you focus on your relationship with Jesus, you have a much larger sense of peace. That's so good. And you're still growing as we all are, right? And you're not sure exactly where God will lead you or what he's gonna do in your life from here on out, but you said you're looking forward to it no matter what he has. That's amazing. So Alyssa, you've obviously given your life to Jesus, is that right? because you have done that, you've confessed faith in Jesus, we now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come on, yes. Right. 
this is Paula. Uh, Paula's, uh, her and I have kind of become friends a little bit. We've talked a bunch of times. We've, uh, she's in my life group now, so this is really exciting for me. Uh, Paula said she grew up in church, um, but even through that, you never really accepted Jesus as your Savior, is what you said. Um, fear, insecurity, uh, those kinds of things controlled your life. You said that you never felt good enough to be accepted by God. Man, I think so many of us have felt that at times. You had this fear that, that you would actually fail him as a follower, and that held you back from making that commitment. Wow, wow. But there was, uh, then all of a sudden, there was this guy that you liked, right? And uh, for several years, and he started dating somebody else. And at that moment, you said you felt alone, and you felt like something was missing. And it made you become open to God and his call on your life, and you realized something needed to change. You dropped your guard, and all of a sudden you started hearing him clearer. Amazing how that happens, right? When we're like, okay, God, I'm ready, and he starts speaking. Excuse me, hearing him clearer and louder, and your faith in God started to grow. And since making this decision to follow God, you've embraced life, and you've realized that every moment can be a blessing from God. Even in times of difficulty, she says, um, that you've learned that he's there for us, and even though we may not enjoy those tough times, those times can make our relationship with him stronger. And you've seen that. And we've been talking recently about some of the tough times that you've been going through. We've met a couple times in my office and I've seen this in you. I've seen the peace. I've seen how it's made you stronger. And I'm, I'm proud of you. This is awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited to celebrate again on Thursday when we get together for Life Group 2. So you've given your life to Jesus. Because you've made that confession of faith in Jesus, today we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) All right, join me. We're going to pray. Father God, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for what this was right here. God, lives being changed and just seeing people step up and say, I need everybody to know that I am going to follow you, God. The fear, the insecurity, the worry, the focusing on other people instead of ourselves that has melted away. And God, these two people have just held on to this. I pray that this would be such a picture of, uh, or maybe even a challenge of what we need to do, God. So we thank you for what we just witnessed. We praise you for it in your name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Man, that is so good. That is so good. That was awesome. What we just saw, celebration of lives being changed. We're going to dismiss the kids now, right? Is that right? I'm sorry. Before we go any further, kids, you can go back up to kids' church. You don't want to listen to me. And your parents might actually want to, so this will help both of us. Right? Man, I love Baptism Sunday. It is so amazing to hear stories to understand what God is doing. We just saw this celebration of lives being changed, and um, we've, we've seen a lot of how the church can be the church today. Like what we just noticed, what we saw was because of the church in action. And this is what happens when the church, the body of Christ, 
comes together and does what it's called to do. So just for the next few minutes, I want to share with you a little bit of what this looks like. Like, this, this is so cool. How do we continue to move God's kingdom forward? How do we as a church continue to help? So we're the body of Christ, right? We are the church, not a church building. I want, I want to read just a few um, verses for you that talk about the body of Christ, the church, in Scripture. Um, and before, actually, before I get to that, I want to I tell you, this, this mission that the church has, um, we all have a part to play in it. L- listen, here's Ephesians 3.10. Um, Ephesians 3.10 says, Through followers of Jesus like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known. Do you catch that? Like, God's plan is becoming known How? Through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches. God could have just done this on his own, but he chooses to use us. Our job as a collective group of followers of Jesus is to make the plan of God known to others who don't know what God's plan is. That's what the church is for. We're also called the body of Christ, which I said. And so here's the verses in the Bible that talk about this. First of all, we have 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to read a few verses here. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your, your whole body was an ear, how would you smell anything? Okay, now this seems like, like straight duh, right? Like, well, obviously. Um, but the reality is, we all have a part to play. Romans 12, Romans 12, verses 4 and 5 says, Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Last one, Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day is drawing near. How many of you have ever had anything wrong with your body? You've had a broken thing, you've been sick, you've had a stuffy nose. Okay, right? All of us have had this happen. Um, it's amazing how something so small uh, as, as even a stuffed up nose can completely disrail you. A blister on your foot or a dinky little stone in your kidney can completely screw up everything that you're trying to do, right? It's a big deal. And, and the crazy thing is, is we take this completely for granted, right? Um, we, we, think, we, we don't think about how our body works. We don't think about those small parts of our body until until something is wrong with one of them. And then you're like, oh man, how can this hurt so bad? This little thing, it affects us. Uh, a couple, let's see, it would have been like the beginning of this year. I, uh, I had this thing, this nasal thing going on, right? And I went and got tested for COVID and everything and multiple times and they're like, nope, nope, not COVID. Not. Finally, I had a doctor tell me, your eustachian tubes are clogged. So what the tar is a eustachian tube? I thought I was a guy. I didn't know we had those. 
Um, sorry, was that too far? Too far. Um, <laughs> no, eustachian tubes are apparently these tiny, really thin, um, like tubes that are in your nasal passages. They run from your ears to your nose and then down into your throat. It's, it's basically how your nasal passages drain. And mine were swollen, and so I couldn't, they wouldn't drain. So I literally, it was like walking around, and this was like, like three months of this. It was walking around with my ears plugged like this for three months. I'm in staff meeting, and I'm going, what? What? Like, I couldn't hear anything. My wife would talk to me, and I'd be like, what? My kids, I, I can't hear you. And it, it was insane. And for like three months, finally after about a month and a half, I think I gained one of them back. But the other one, it was, it was amazing how something so small, not doing its job, it was unhealthy, and it affected me, and it changed me. I didn't even know I had these things, and it wrecked my life for months, it felt like. Every part of the body of Christ needs to be doing what they were created to do for the church to be as effective as it can be at making God's plan known. So I want to give you quick five things, and these are going to be really quick five things that we should all be doing as a part of the church, the body of Christ. Number one is this. We all should invite. We are all given different people we know, right? If you invited all the people around you to know Jesus... But I did not do that. Between the two of us, we, um, we'd have a 50% great commission task completion rate, right? That's failing. 50% is an F in school, okay? We all have different people that we have, uh, that we have a sphere of influence that we can invite, whether it's to church or having conversations about Jesus. Um, it's our job, Actually, no, it shouldn't, it's not our job. It actually should be a burning passion, a burning desire to see the people around us not spend an eternity away from Jesus. So, we're all given different people we should invite. Number two is this, we should all serve. We're all given our own gifts and passions. Some of us can teach from stage. Some of us can't. Some of us can make um, people feel welcome at the door. Some of us can't. Some of us can make goodies at the cafe to make them more welcoming atmosphere. Some of us cannot do that. Some of us are great with kids. Some of us are not. Some of us can work with technology, finances, music. Some cannot. Do you, do you see what I, where I'm getting at here, right? Like if we just had a bunch, a church full of techie nerds, we would be missing out. If we didn't have some of those people in our church, we would be missing out. We wouldn't be as effective at doing what God has called us to do. Here at River of Life Church, we have something called Find Your Spot. If you are not involved in a ministry here at this church and you're thinking, you know what? I probably should be. I should be doing something. Which in my mind, if you've been coming to our church for any amount of time, everybody should be serving. And I understand that there's seasons and whatever, and, but even still, what are we doing to move God's kingdom forward? If you want to figure out what your spot is on your connect card you can write find your spot you can go on our website click on ministries and find it there like figure out what your spot is we are all should all be serving as the church number three we should all give we are all given a portion of what is needed spreading the good news of jesus sometimes takes resources sometimes it takes money sometimes it takes time to send missionaries to help those in need financially to have a place to meet to send students to camp 
to make Bibles available in different languages. All of these things take resources. And I suppose God could have just like given all of his resources to one or two people in our church and said, you guys fund the kingdom movement. Um, But that's not what God wants because God wants all of us to be obedient and to love him and to love his people. We should all give. We should all be giving something. We should be putting him first. That's number three. Number four, we should all hear. We're all given a special part of his plan. God doesn't tell us pastors everything that the global church or even the local church is supposed to do. He gives different ideas to different people. Um, just right here in our church, we have people who, um, who God has spoken to about different food ministries, about Christmas gift outreaches, about hospice ministries, about ministering through foster care, about starting um, stuff for Somali refugees and different things like that. Like, the list goes on and on. We have all of these people within our church that God has spoken directly to, not through me, not through Pastor Kyle, none of the pastors saying, hey, you should do this. They come to us and say, I feel like God is telling me to do this. So cool. God wants to speak to you. What does he maybe want to speak to you about? What is he going to reveal to you? Number four, we should hear. Number five, lastly, encourage. We are all given various Christian friends to spur on. Music team, will you come at this time? As the church, we are called to help each other out, right? Life can be tough sometimes, even when you're following Jesus. Or, we can become complacent Christians. And that's why we need to be connected with other Christians, to have a people that can encourage us and spur us on when we hit these low times. And maybe we can even be those people, right? We should be those people for others as well. Life groups here at this church is great for this, okay? If you don't know what life groups are, we have these small group, we have this small group system where, where people get together, they meet in either churches or homes all throughout the week, different times. And the purpose of that is you need to be able to go deeper. Deeper than just Sunday morning, you need to be able to have conversations You need to figure out how to grow. You need to make connections because we were not created to do life alone. Genesis shows us God created man to have a relationship with him. And then what? He said, this isn't right. It's not good enough. It's not good enough for just man to have a relationship with God. He also created another human being so that they could have relationship together. Literally, we were created for those two things, relationship with God, relationship with others. We need to have people in our lives that we can spur on, that can spur us on, that can encourage us, that can move us forward. Check out our life groups on our website. There's a tab right there, click on it. Get involved in a life group if you're not. You need to have those people in your life. Could you imagine, could you imagine if everyone who claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ like used what they were given? These things we were all given, these five things. And, and these aren't even just the only five things we're given, right? We were given more, but, but if we actually took these five things and put them into action, what would happen? So many more people would be invited to him. So many more things for his kingdom would get done. Poverty, hunger, the water crisis, lack of biblical translation and training, all of those things would be completely eradicated. No joke completely gone. His plan would be completed. We would stay focused on what was truly important 
if we as the body of Christ around the world, not just here in this church, but around the world, all did what God asked us to do, we would be a healthy body. We would be able to do so much more as a healthy body, so much more of what we saw today. We would see that, more of that. How many of you wanna see more of that? I know I do. I know that is the heartbeat of our church. That's right. One more growing in Christ. That is why we exist. And we all have to do our part. So here's what I want to do. We're going to take some time and we're just going to reflect on what we talked about today. Some of these things on maybe what we heard, what we saw. Let's not dismiss this today, all right? Like seeing these baptisms, these changed lives, this is amazing, right? This powerful story of delivery from addiction and life change like that's awesome Jeff that's so cool and then and then check this out we have this teenage girl making a decision to follow Jesus in the world we live in from our church this amazing young woman who's like you know what all the things that are pulling at me in school and all these things in culture I'm putting those to the side and I'm focusing on Jesus that's amazing that is amazing we celebrate what happened today now this is what I want to do with our excitement. Let our excitement for what happened right here spur us on so that we can, so we can help be a part of the next group. How awesome would it be for the next person that is baptized would get up here and you know I invited that person to Jesus. I invited them to church. I shared my faith. Like you can be a part of this. Let this spur you on to action. There are more people. There are more people that need this people that you know, that you can impact. And maybe, maybe there's some of you in this place right now that, that this baptism is your next step. You saw this today and you're like, man, I've given my life to Jesus, but I haven't made that step. I haven't done the outward confession thing. I haven't got up and celebrated with my church family. Like, listen, Jesus commands us to do this. It's a big deal. And so if you are in this place today and you were moved by this, or as we're talking, you're like, I think I need to do that. You can write it on your Connect card. Just write baptism on there and we'll have you on the list for next time we do this. Reach out, with you, reach out to you. We'll talk about it. You can come find me after this and talk about it. But this is a big next step. So if you're even thinking about it, even thinking about it, make a step forward to, to doing this maybe next time or at least talking about it. Don't walk out of here and say, well, think about it and we'll figure it out next time. No, no, no. Do it now. God may be speaking to you right now. And maybe you're here this morning, and as you heard these stories and about God's passion to know more people, maybe you thought, you know, I want that. I actually, you're thinking, Pastor Corey, I believe what you're saying about Jesus and his love and his sacrifice. And Jesus wants you to know that you are loved and that you have been saved from your sins, not through your good deeds, but by him dying on the cross. And if you're not sure if you have this relationship with him, you can be sure today. And I wanna give you that opportunity. So I'd like everybody to just bow your head and close your eyes right now, just for a time of privacy and reflection, just for you and God. If you are not sure that you are right with God through having a relationship with him, and you wanna start that relationship today, I simply want you to, like we heard Jeff say, 
a simple act. Just raise your hand so I can pray with you. If you're in this place and you say, I want to start that relationship today, just simply put up your hand right now so I know who I'm praying with because I want to pray for you. If you're online and you're watching this right now, you can respond as well. Make sure you do that. Thank you. Is there anybody else in here who says, that's me? That's awesome. I want to make that commitment today. I want to start that today. All right, church, here's what I want to do. I want us to pray together. And I want everybody to pray this prayer out loud. But for those of you who are making this commitment for the first time today, mean it with your whole heart. Because these are not magic words. This is a heart thing. But the Bible tells us to confess it with our mouths. So let's all pray together. Pray. God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Jesus, I believe that you are my savior. Please forgive me of my sins. I want to know you more every single day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Let's celebrate that together, can we? It's awesome. Listen, if you made that commitment today on your Connect card, there's a little box where you can check. I want to start a relationship with Jesus, and I want to follow up with you, or you come and talk to me after service. Either way, but before you leave, let me speak this over you, okay? As you go about your week, may you be fully aware that you are a part of the global church. May God show you opportunities to fulfill your part for what he has created you to do. Thank you for being here. You have a great week, all right?